the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown. Because this week's episode starts in three, two, one. Shh. I gotta dance, dance, dance. I gotta get down, get funky. <laughs> we were dancing the we whole way through that. Totally dancing. Every time. We really hope you guys were too. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode birthing the new paradigm. It's Amber and Jenna here, in case you didn't know. We are on the rare solo episode today, so hold on to your seats. Things could get crazy. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate your support and interest in growing towards a new, better world with us. We really do. Um, You guys are the reason why we do this, so really happy to feel you with us. So today we are so stoked to announce this week's sponsor for Sigmatic. I've been using their magical potions for a few years now and swear by them. Some people think, ew, mushroom latte, but I promise you it does not taste like you're having a cup of mushrooms. Not at all. They have actually worked out a way to make taking medicine delicious and fun and best of all, leaving you feeling de-stressed, clear-headed, and immune boosted. Not going to say no to that. Head over to our shop tab for a 15% off discount from your purchase because we love you. More on that later, folks. Okay, let's get back to birthing a new paradigm with a definition. Jenna, this is your genius zone. Hit us. All right, so this is my definition for this concept of birthing a new paradigm, which is a concept which I kind of just made up, but I've been really witnessing in the collective. So my definition is, we are all in labor and the contractions are getting closer together. We are collectively birthing a new paradigm of reality on this planet, aided by the earth herself and by the cosmic factors that are squeezing us tighter and tighter, like waves on a clock, pushing out a glorious new life to be shared by all who are moving up towards consciousness evolution. And um, that's my official definition, but um, just to sort of nutshell it, birthing is not comfortable as Amber and I know. And so it's as if we are being squeezed in an uncomfortable way, but for the same purpose, which is to birth something new and something beautiful. So, Mm -hmm. so this is kind of like a global, uh, and energetic birth into a whole new way of being. Absolutely. And let me just clarify a little bit. So, um, this, or I'm connected with a lot of people on the spiritual path on social media and in my real life. And these people live all over the planet. Okay. So they're not just concentrated here in Venice beach, California at all. Like they are really a global community. And, um, I've been noticing a lot of similarities in the experiences of this global community, which is that on certain days at certain times, people will have these intense symptoms and symptoms can arise in lots of different ways, but they're, they're symptoms that are like, they're being squeezed almost as if 
like you're trying to squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube and you're kind of like at the final drops and you're like really getting squeezed. That's sort of how it feels to people generally. And that could come up as like headaches. That could come up as um, stomach aches. That could become up as emotional outbursts. That could come up as anxiety, depression. Could come up as... um, Life circumstances. Life circumstances. Yeah, not just a physical, emotional thing. I have been feeling that and I've been seeing it. People spiritual or not, people all, all around me have been dealing with this idea of things coming to the surface, Mm -hmm. things being squeezed to the surface, Mm -hmm. having to push through discomfort to allow those things to rise Mm -hmm. up that need to be cleared. Mm -hmm. And it's not a pretty process. No. And it doesn't, it's doesn't look like much fun. No, (laughs) it's it's not much fun. It's like birth. If you do birth, how it's meant or naturally it's, it's, you're going to find that it's this biological process of, of your body preparing to release this this big thing. And for, for us on the ascension path or on the consciousness path, it's the same thing. It's like, um, yeah, it's just this very uncomfortable state and it's messy and it's not pretty. And it's just, it's almost like animalistic. It's like, you're not, you're not even, um, functioning from the part of your brain, which thinks about how you should act or society or anything that it's like so much deeper and more primal than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happening. And so how I've kind of interpreted that for us in moving up in consciousness is that, you know, we are moving to, like we always say on this podcast, a new consciousness paradigm, a, a system that works for everybody that does not destroy the earth, that does not have major global systems, such as the political system, the medical system, the economic system, the, um, Education educational system. system, which are in fact not holistically healthy for all humans and all life on this planet. As a matter of fact, that they're, they're repressive uh, types of systems. So not know? supporting us to thrive. Not supporting. If they feel outdated, archaic, and also like they've got major motives which don't include our well-being and health a lot of the time. Absolutely. And for not even just not there to help our well-being, but actually parasitic, like actually um, siphoning our life force, you could say. And if you want to get into like the deeper roots of that, that's maybe another conversation. But um, for this conversation, it's just a question of it's time to have a new paradigm. It's time to have Mm -hmm. all new systems. And Mm -hmm. obviously that cannot happen without all the old systems going away and crashing down. Mm. And so we are kind of in that moment of the old systems crashing down and the new systems being being birthed. And it's not a comfortable place to be, but it's so necessary. Just like in birth, if we can make it through this this squeeze time, then we're going to birth something that's so beautiful. That's going to grow up to be um, a glorious thing. I love this concept of comparing us pushing through to the next level as birth because most mothers can relate, especially the mothers that did it sans medication, something to help with the pain. Oh man, what a marathon. And there's a part of you that is designed and programmed to avoid discomfort where we've, where, you know, being taught to avoid discomfort from the very beginning of our life on earth. So to not be able to run away from it, to not be able to tap out, 
but to actually have to open up to the discomfort and trust in that flow of discomfort, knowing that there is some divine wisdom that is co-creating this experience, which is going to open you up to a whole new level of beauty in your life and excellence and just stretch you into your expansiveness. So I love that you, you're you giving us symptoms like emotional, mental, physical life symptoms, which seem to be, which look like breakdowns, mm-hmm. which I'm seeing all around me more so than ever before. It's great to see them through the lens and reframe them as this is contractions. Mm-hmm. This is labor contractions mm-hmm. that I have to let go into. I have to trust. Mm-hmm. I have to lean into in order to make it through to that next mm-hmm. level of existence and upgrading my life really to that new vibration. That's so beautifully said. I, I completely agree with everything you just said. Can you take us through what your concept of a paradigm is? So we really just mm-hmm. start from the basics of what we're talking yeah. about. So when I say paradigm, what I mean is a a system on a grand scale. It's sort of like you could say our paradigm of reality is the system that we believe reality to be. So paradigm just meaning a big system or a big concept that we take for granted or sort of like the underlying logic of what we take for granted. And almost like our reality, would you say? Like our paradigm is just what we were born into and what is so, what is the truth that we've been kind of taught to believe? Mm -hmm. So would Mm -hmm. you say that there've been that um, in the history of mankind, we've been operating in the one paradigm? Not at all. I mean, one paradigm shift that I can just name right um, away f- throughout the history of humanity would be like um, the Renaissance or the Enlightenment. Uh, kind of the Renaissance ended up leading to the Enlightenment after a, hu- a couple hundred years. But basically, before the Renaissance, which happened in the 1500s, um, we were in the Dark Ages, right? So people did not do science. People did not have, the only thing that they had as truth is the religion of the Bible, which they couldn't even, and this is in the Western, this is basically in Europe, but like in the Western history, it's like during the middle ages, they only had the Bible as their truth. If you look at all the art that came out of the middle ages, it's all Mary and Jesus. It's all the saints. It's the only thing that was true for that time period was the truth of the Bible. And it wasn't even a truth that they could read because the Bible was not printed in the vernacular until after 1500. It was actually the printing of the Bible in the vernacular. And when I say vernacular, I mean not Latin because before that it was only made in Latin and only priests could read it. So the common people had no access to even what the Bible said. They were just taking somebody's word for it. And at that point, the church had gotten very corrupt. So people became disillusioned with the church. They printed the Bible in like Italian or in French or in English so that the normal people could read it. When the normal people read it, they saw that what was happening in the church was not what was the same as what was happening in the Bible. And so they began to break away from the church. That's the same time as when science began to to come back onto the scene. And you have um, the first scientists and the philosophers that are beginning to approach the natural world in a way that's methodical and not just taking God's word for it, but actually discovering natural truth. So what we see there is a paradigm shift. We see a shift in reality from the only thing that's real is what the priests tell us the Bible says to 
realizing, no, we can approach reality and our understanding of reality through um, the lens of scientific method or through the lens of self-discovery and try to figure out like what's really going on. So then you see the rise of science and the rise of, you know, Protestantism and you see all these effects of that paradigm shift. But that renaissance is a paradigm shift. And so I would say um, we are going to have another paradigm shift now where we're kind of coming out of this, this pursuit of science. It kind of shifted from all religion to like all science. And now we're kind of coming to a paradigm shift where religion and science, in my opinion, are coming together uh, and going to explain each other in a way. And then we're going to see that reflected in our reality. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. It seems to me as well that a paradigm shift is not only seen in the systems that we operate with and what we learn to be the truth and the reality um, on a on a kind of collective consciousness level, for me, it's sounding like a paradigm shift is also an individual consciousness um, perspective. Um, so that leads me to my question, is it possible to have multiple paradigms uh, co coexisting together? Well, I think a lot of people right now are straddling two paradigms. I think a lot of us, including Amber and I, or at least, I mean, even me, like I'm kind of stepping more and more into the new reality, but there's still that like lingering one foot in the old reality. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we are stra straddling two realities. We're straddling the reality of consciousness, of truth, of God is everything, of energy is everything, of like we are manifesting our reality. So that's like one truth that we're like half in that one reality paradigm that we're halfway in, but then we're also halfway in this other reality paradigm of material consciousness, you know? So it's, we are kind of like straddling two paradigms right now, but hopefully as time goes on, we're going to be more solidly, um, anchored in the new paradigm. But the new paradigm doesn't mean giving up being human, Right. Like you're well, allowed according to, to a lot of philosophers, it would. I mean, it's not you would not be a third dimensional human anymore in the old in the new paradigm. You're you're a fifth dimensional human. You're not. It's not the same. It's like Nietzsche um, talked about the Uber mention. It's 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 an evolution of man. It's it's an evolved state of man. It's not the same state of man and woman of humanity that was in the old paradigm. So you're telling me that just to play devil's advocate here, I kind of, my interpretation of this new paradigm shift, which I love to relate to the different eras, like moving away from the Piscean into the Aquarian and the universal themes that get bestowed on the earth. And we're just kind of like moving into that, um, and moving along that wave, for me, the concept of moving into the new paradigm or representing the new paradigm is still maintaining being human, being grounded, my f enjoying the human experience, but operating in systems that support the earth, that support peace, that support um, our vitality, that of mindful, um, you know, creating mindful systems. Well, that's then if you're creating mindful systems and you're going to be mindful and you're going to use food as medicine and all these mindful practices, then you're really not functioning as an, a, an old paradigm human because an old paradigm human is going to eat the cake and is going to like have that like meaningless sex. And I'm talking about physiology. No, I, so am I. 
So you're saying that our physiology will morph absolutely into this go- a more yes. alien version of ourselves or a higher dimensional version of ourselves. If you go back to the episode that we released a couple weeks ago with Morgan Mellis about our DNA's potential to evolve, yes, we're talking about our DNA, our genetic, our genetic uh, blueprint evolving. So yeah, some people have said before we were carbon based and now we're going to move into crystalline based or silicon based. It's like it's a shift. It's a, it is a paradigm shift for our physiology as well. So the previous paradigms that you referred to, mm-hmm. was there a DNA physiological shift no. from? So no, it, during, in the case of the enlightenment or the Renaissance back in the 1500s, that would not have been a shift to the, at this level. Mm-hmm. That would have been maybe prepping us in the grander scheme of things for this shift, but no, that would not have been a DNA morphing shift. Or maybe it would, maybe it, it did. Maybe like, maybe it did. I can't really speak to that. And so what would, I mean, I, I don't want to argue, but I hope you're right because mm-hmm. we do need to upgrade all systems. And what can you paint a picture for us? What would we, our physiology look like if we do physically upgrade Mm -hmm. with our consciousness upgrade? Mm -hmm. I think that um, what it would look like would be just um, like ourselves, but like the best version of ourselves. You know, it's like sort of like Amber and I were doing research yesterday. We found out that up to 95% of humans currently on the planet suffer from chronic health conditions. So there's these chronic health conditions that we're suffering from 95% of us. All of that would be eradicated. Things that are uh, symptoms of our mindless practices. So that could be our mindless eating. That could be our mindless uh, emotional behavior, sexual behavior. All of that stuff would get cleaned up and the resulting physical vessel would look and uh, vibrate differently. Yeah. I, I, resonate with the idea of it vibrating differently. Mm -hmm. Like when you're standing in the room with 50% being healthy, vital, alive individuals, open and Mm -hmm. light and conscious, awake, Mm -hmm. and the other half being more, I don't know, maybe we want to compare them to reptilians, (laughs) a bit gray, a little lifeless, brainwashed, whatever (laughs) it may be. But, you know, sick. and They're sick, yeah. Yeah. Um, So there is a vibrational, massive vibrational difference, which shows up in physicality. Yes. And if, in, in my opinion, and this is my opinion to be take it or leave it, like everything I say, please take it or leave it, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. Jeez, like don't have to take on everything I believe, but, um, and my beliefs are not even fixed. So I'm constantly changing with new information as well. But what I was going to say is currently my understanding is that our mental state, our spiritual state, the state of our soul is what really actually defines our physicality. So it's it's actually the blueprint of our soul, which is defining our physicality. If you can go back to the soul and evolve it there, then yes, of course, like our physicality is going to change because it's being defined by the by the soul aspect, you know? Yeah, so, I, I believe that. I believe that we have been born with a roadmap in our fingers and hands and on our face and in all of our physical attributes, which we've lost the wisdom um, in how to decode that and understand our soul purpose and mm-hmm. understand where we're really from and what we're here designed to do individually. I, I do believe our physicality has gives us so much more than just genetic luck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it is an expression of our soul, something deeper as well. And like we were saying in our DNA episode, it's like our genes, our genetic code. So, um, 
has so many genes that are unexpressed. It's like we only express certain genes. So there's a whole bunch of unexpressed genes that we could move into or start expressing. We can... If you're asking, are we going to look human after this shift? The answer to me is yes, but we're going to be like a a better humanity. Mm. Accelerated, more enlightened version mm-hmm. of ourselves. More mindful, you know, connected to the earth, not less toxicity. Um, yeah. Well, that's a good incentive. Everyone wants to have clearer skin. That's it. Tighter in all the right places. That's it. All that. <laughs> less wrinkles. Do you know when it's like if you look at yourself in the mirror sometimes, you might think, I see myself, but like, this is not me. There's a better me like stuck inside somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think that? Oh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like as if that better you gets to actually live and express itself. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love also how you're pointing it back to the kind of coexistence of your spirit and internal energy to the exterior and what a motivation is. Don't forget about that element. People think about, you know, how the mind is so connected to the body, but it's also our spiritual element and how connected we are to source energy and to concepts that are bigger than ours and Mm -hmm. being able to fill ourselves with that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. So I have a question. You know how for a long time, all through history, people have been um, offering society predictions on the fall of the earth. For example, there was the Mayan calendar Mm -hmm. and then Rasputin, Nostradamus, all these famous psychics um, and seers have offered us this timeline almost where the earth will perish. Mm. Do you think Jesus said it too, right? Yeah, that's right. So and. Obviously, as humans, we take things very literally (laughs) a lot of the time in our linear small minds. Do you think that these predictions and these timelines of the the end of the earth are really the end of a paradigm and the opening of a new paradigm? And so therefore, the end of the earth is more of an energetic phase ending and us upgrading, hopefully, to a new software. Very well said. I completely agree with that. And it's, you know... Yeah, it's the old paradigm that's ending. It's the old 3D that's ending. And as you know, people on the path, you might know, like as you move in and and you leave your third dimensional ego behind, it often feels like a death. Like it feels like death, the death of the ego. You know, it feels like a death. Like, you know, maybe for you on ayahuasca and you got shot up into the universe and Amber didn't exist anymore and you're just space dust. That's the death of Amber. Like Amber by Amber, like you don't exist anymore. Now you're just space dust. But even something more relatable like birth, I really, those contractions represented so much more than my body pushing a baby out. That was really, I was passing out in between my contractions and in the state of mind that I'm dying. Yeah. Like my mind was telling me, this is it. Yeah. I'm dying. And I wasn't literally dying, but on some spiritual mm-hmm. level, there was a death of an old phase and an old self and a birth of a new, better version of myself, frankly. Exactly. And in most of these parent in most of these um, predictions, it's always that. It's like death and destruction, even in the Bible, in the book of Revelations, my favorite book, by the way, of the Bible. Um, it, it's death and destruction, but then it's the birth of something beautiful. It's like Jesus comes back and then it's heaven on earth. Or it's like, um, you know, in the Mayan calendar that that cycle ends, but something else starts. Or in the Native Americans, it's like the the, the fifth race of humans are going to come. And it's like, it's the end of something, but it's the start of something else. And so, yes, I think we're at that point. And I think a lot of predictors, like these prophets or predictors, they were coming from within the third dimensional paradigm as a third dimensional human. So from that perspective, yeah, it was going to be the end. It's, mm-hmm. the end of the, it's the end of the world. But rest assured, people, if you are 
going through a hard time and your world is falling apart, relationships, health, business, just reality as you know it, don't worry. That's probably a good sign. You are just moving with this current labor pain that we're all going through to let go, to let it come to the surface, what doesn't serve you and to you know, grow up and upgrade to a whole new paradigm. Yes. And I want to say something on that note, which is that it's even more specific. Like this topic to me is even more specific than we're all just generally getting squeezed. It's like, and I have proof of this on my Facebook because when I feel a contraction, like I will feel these contractions and it'll feel like a squeezing feeling. It'll feel, I'll get a headache, like a really bad headache. I'll feel emotionally intense. And, um, well, I'll post on my Facebook. This is how I'm feeling today. How are you feeling? And it's like hundreds of people feel the same on the same days. And if you check the Schumann resonance, which is um, a, ma- a measure of the Earth's magnetic electromagnetic field, you can also see spikes on the Earth's electromagnetic field in these moments where everyone, especially those who are sensitive to this path, are feeling the squeeze. So it's as if these are universal contractions, or at least universal on Earth contractions, that everyone is getting squeezed at the same moment. And if you start to chart these contractions as if you're charting a birth contraction, you're going to see that these are actually now coming faster, closer together, and harder. So it's like we are getting closer to like this one person I follow, Amanda Lawrence, to what she calls the main event wave. So it's like we are getting closer and closer and harder and harder, just like the contractions are getting closer together and harder and harder, squeezing farther and farther until we get to what you could call the main event wave where it's we are going to be past the birth, like it's going to be done. Mm-hmm. And you want front row tickets to that event. I want to get blood on my face, people. <laughs> Woo, Jenny, getting dirty, baby. And so where obviously it, it seems to me like you're speaking with the idea that we're co-creating with something bigger than ourselves. Who is the master creator mm-hmm. of this event? God, God, the one source. He, she, it, the neutral field. He, she. Zero point. <laughs> <laughs> Gender neutral, just to be clear about that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. This is like all been planned for more than any light, more time than any one tiny little human lifetime could ever even conceive of. And in these ascension circles that you're a part of, do you guys play with the idea of timelines? Like, is there a timeline of when the main event is meant to be opening their doors? Yeah, but there is timelines, but it's like not, I'm not going to make any predictions of that. And it's also like it's happening. So even though we might get a main event wave where, okay, we're birthed, it's like we might not see that so obviously reflected in the outside paradigm. I don't know how it's going to play out and I'm not going to make any predictions of how it's going to play out. Mm -hmm. There's something you said in that which made me also think of the earth simultaneously is mirroring our internal um, journey with contractions and letting go and just breakdowns and letting things come to the surface to show us what we need to let mm-hmm. go of. It's incredible mm-hmm. how the earth also seems to be reaching a tipping point mm-hmm. of, you know, she's the mother's got a fever basically, and she is pissed and she is sick and, and she she's is birthing hot, herself. And she is also birthing herself. Mm-hmm. That's right. She's so I birthing. love that if you really take a step back and you were to kind of be looking down on earth and seeing us as humans and then seeing the earth and measuring those energies and what's going on, we're totally mirroring each other and together where, I mean, you can't. Well, it's the earth that's even doing it first. And we're like the living on her as her 
body. So and we're, so we're feeling her. it, but like, it's really her. She's over it. She's so freaking over this old patriarchal, outdated, parasitic paradigm. Mm-hmm. It's time for something else. Yeah. It's been too many millennia of people suffering on this planet. It's time. It's time for an upgrade. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that leads me to the next question. What can us mere morsel humans do to upgrade our lives and to assure that we are doing things on the daily that support us moving towards this new world? Because I don't know about you, but I do not want to be left behind. Girl, you're not going to be left behind. But come on, tell me what there's, I can do. There's lots of different stuff that, that we can do, just little things that we could do in our everyday life. Um, this is actually a really good segue to talk about this week's sponsor for Sigmatic, because that is one thing that we all could do, just a little thing just even in our morning coffee, where we can shift us towards that mindfulness, towards that health, towards that new paradigm. If you're in the holistic wellness superfood scene, like most people are here in LA, you might already know about the unbelievable medicinal benefits of mushrooms. They are immune boosting, they are anti-stressors, and they help your brain function optimally. Bring me all of that into my mouth right now. Probably why I'm currently hooked on Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee with lion's mane. No, it does not taste like mushrooms. And no, I'm not trying to shove the mane of a lion down my throat. Lion's mane is actually a mushroom that is a cognitive enhancer that supports memory and concentration. And unlike the average cup of coffee, which usually leaves me a little bit jittery and having an energy crash, I have have Four Sigmatic's magical blend, and I have a charging brain and nervous system for my day. It's legit. And you know, part of that could be because of the rigorous testing product uh, process that Four Sigmatic products go through. They're all organic and they test them to make sure that they are of the highest quality. It's true. The coffee is carefully groomed, unlike my hair, and is harvested and processed with such integrity and care. And not just coffee. I'm hooked on the mushroom turmeric latte. I found that that helps with my anxiety. This elixir has mushrooms, which are natural adaptogens, which are anti-stressors. All I have to do is add some hot water, a dash of honey, and I have a beautiful frothy latte that will calm me down and pump me up for my day. Mm, Yeah, baby. Not going to say no to that. Pretty impressive, guys. So do not miss out on your chance to get a 15% discount off your Four Sigmatic purchase. Go to foursigmatic.com slash MLF or use discount code MLF at checkout just to spell it out for you. F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash MLF. There we have it, folks. Just simple things like upgrading what you put into your body, I think personally would really make a difference because that changes the genetic expression within our body. What what we are, what we eat. Absolutely. Food is so crucial, you know, because food is either poison or medicine. And if we're choosing medicines in our body, that's a high vibrational uh choice. So we're going to be raising the vibration of our of our body and of our mind. If we make low vibrational choices, we're going to be lowering Slowing it down. And I would say that it also speeds up the process. Absolutely. The more you're like pumping yourself with things like Four Sigmatic, high vibrational superfood um, elements from the earth, 
that we know and trust that are organic and well harvested and processed, I think that we're going to be speeding up this whole process and less pain and suffering and more acceleration towards where we want to be living. Absolutely. And thinking about our, in the intention behind our choices, like the food that we choose, is it mindfully sourced? Is it mindfully grown? Is it processed in a mindful way? Like every single step of the process affects the vibration of that which we take into our body. Not just that, it's also supporting old systems, old Mm -hmm. paradigm systems to continue going on and Mm -hmm. reigning, or it's supporting new systems. Mm -hmm. Like for example, regenerative agriculture, regenerative farming practices. If we can kind of bring it down to understand um, which farmers at the markets are regenerative agricultural farmers and support them. We are actually physically, financially supporting a new paradigm way of being to, to show up and to thrive. And they're working against a massive system. It's not easy. No. For them, they are pushing, pushing through these established systems that have been this way, the big boys running mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. for a long time. So they need us up there behind them. Absolutely. And supporting not just farmers of that nature, but like anybody who's fighting against the big boys, anybody who is saying no to the old paradigm and trying to start a new way. Because a lot of times these are little fledgling little seeds that that need our support. And a lot of times it's cheaper, easier, more accessible to support the big boys or the old systems or like, you know, the Hershey's chocolate versus the Who chocolate or Hue chocolate. Speak of my favorite language. Yeah. So just thinking about that and thinking about how we can cut off the um, the supply chain of these these old systems by not buying into them with our dollars, like just not buying into them. It's and it's all about way. supply and demand. So if there's no demand for those products, then they're, we're not going to need them anymore. Support Thrive Market. That's mm-hmm. like some innovative thinking of people operating in the new paradigm that are all about creating up-leveling how we work as a society, as communities, and healthy, fresh, organic food available for everyone at a a reasonable price. And there's a give-back element to that business as well. So look into Thrive Market, guys. Um, So, okay, so we've spoken about being mindful about our choices behind food and supplements and superfoods to upgrade our DNA, to upgrade our mindset and our physicality. How about practices like meditation? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so with meditation, there's a couple things I I want to mention. So there's, there's two types of meditation, which I find to be very effective. One is like a TM style meditation where you learn to uh, put yourself into a neutral witness state and then you witness your thoughts and emotions from that state. So that's what TM does. And you have a mantra, you work with mantra. Yeah, you work with mantra, which is so beautiful the way the mantra like happens. It's like becomes, I'm like addicted to the mantra, okay? Uh, It's like the most addictive thing because it's like when you're saying the mantra, it represents that you're in the neutral state. So anything else that comes to mind while the mantra is being said, um, just it, it's almost like it becomes neutralized. It becomes the emotional charge leaves you when it hits the mantra. And you want to be exercising that part of your brain. Yes. So when you're not meditating, you can click into it more easily yes. and be a Jedi mind ninja. Yes. 
and, and cope with all the str- all the breakdowns that are going on right now. Totally. And so much is going to come up. Everything in you that's that's old, blocked, or like uncomfortable, that's all going to come to the surface to be released. Because to be that better version of yourself, you can't have any of that crap living inside your body. It's all got to come out. You know what? That reminds me, I did a Vipassana silence meditation retreat years ago when I was actually going through my first breakup. I must have been about 17. And I went to the Blue Mountains in Australia and signed up for this um, silence meditation retreat. And for 10 days, we each day we meditated for 10 hours a day for 10 days in complete silence. You couldn't write to people or write to yourself. You couldn't have technology, nothing. And I remember sitting in silence and allowing that amount of time to just be still, such phenomenal, phenomenal things started to occur within my own mind and body. My physicality was starting to meet the flush out that my mind was doing. I was thinking of things from memories that I had never remembered from 20 years ago of people that I needed to forgive and things I need to let go of. And that moment that that person did something for me that changed me. And so many old, old, old things came up that allowed me to grieve and to let go or to embrace. And on a physical level, so many crazy, weird releases were happening. I remember one time there was liquid pouring out of every orifice on my body at the same time. My eyes, my nose, my ears, my mouth, everything. It was insane. It was like a really incredible experience. So just wanted to draw attention to the power of the mind and how it's so connected to the body. And when we allow ourselves space to just let the mind be, it has a wisdom to it and a genius to it that can upgrade all of our systems. Just let it be. Give it some space to do its thing. There's a lot of things I really loved about what you said and a lot of things that were displayed by that. Um, Number one, just like what you said, just giving your mind that space to process because here we're living in a place in a world where we're constantly distracting ourselves, like constantly distracting. So everything that your mind needs to release and process through from that neutral state, it, it never comes up. It just never has the space or time to come up. So that's the first thing I really loved about what you said. And that's kind of like of the first of the two categories of meditation I was going to talk about. This is the first, which is giving yourself that space, that neutral witness space for the things that are stuck inside you to come up to the surface, to be released in a way that's productive and responsible and um, mindful. And another thing you said that I really liked was the physical releases that started happening. And this is like what we're saying about like, what's our body going to look like after we get all this out of us? Uh, all this, you know, blockage out of us. And that's, that's just it. It's like, we're going to be experiencing these symptoms of release. So they could come up like, like liquid coming out or like phlegm coming out or like throwing up a lot of times. Like for me, I've thrown up black, like just thrown up pure black. Sometimes black things will come out. Wow. Like entities. Um, I don't know. It looks for me like it looked like kind of like oil. I've also have black stuff drip out from between my legs. Like, um, yeah. So if you know, could- actually on that note, I remember uh, one of the reasons I wanted to go to this meditation retreat was because all these doctors had given me these um, basically no answers and these band-aids to apply to what I was trying to uh, look for a remedy for, which was I hadn't got my period. I only got my period once when probably three years before this point. 
that I went. I only had my period once and I knew that there was a blockage inside me. I instinctively knew that it was probably emotionally related. Um, so I wanted to go in deep and try to figure it out myself and let my body communicate what I needed to let go of. And on the last day, I think it may have even been the last hour of this meditation, I started bleeding. <gasps> wow. And no doctor could give me any type of remedy. Everyone just said, go on the pill, like take this for your skin. We don't know what causes polycystic ovaries. We don't know what causes infertility and this and that. It's, you know, just take a pill. Mm -hmm. And my body, it was, it was such a deep journey for those 10 days that it was like my body was communicating with me and so thankful that I allowed it space mm -hmm. to just go deep and work with my mind mm -hmm. to get to the bottom layers and bring them mm -hmm. out. It was because fascinating. once the bottom layers come out, then you're going to see that, that healing of the symptom. Mm. So recalibrate beautiful example. Okay. So that's the first type of meditation. That's like the TM style meditation. Now the other type of meditation that I practice, and I also think is equally as important for different reasons is, um, sort of like a self-guided meditation that takes you through a shielding practice. Um, and, and also like I call it a shielding practice. I want to do a whole podcast episode on this, by the way, because this is like, we've so, had some requests for you to do a podcast. So important. This so is that's like a good idea. Freaking important. Um, basically it, what it is, it's consciously mindfully aligning yourself with God, with the highest of highs. Um, the highest vibrational places, um, and just making yourself a vessel of that and protecting yourself as a vessel of that and commanding your personal space as a vessel of that. And I call this like, or I've heard this being called like spiritual housekeeping. It's like, these are the things you need to do just as if you clean, you clean your house, you need to do this to clean your auric field, to protect your auric field. And like, there is a host of entities and energies out there and they are not all good. Not all spiritual energy and energies are good. It's like half are good or half are bad. We're living in a world of polarity. So you really want to align yourself consciously to the neutral field, consciously make yourself a vessel of that and have that be part of your spiritual housekeeping practice. And that's a more of an active meditation where you kind of go through a visualization. So those are the two types of, pra of practices, meditation practices that I practice and both equally effective. Can I just say yeah. um, my own personal experience with aligning myself to God, I use it more as a mantra and a very quick visualization rather than sitting down and intentionally meditating. Um, and I think it's kind of by individuality what works best for people. Um, but for me, in moments where I feel my mind being hijacked by negative mind loops, going down that negative spiral, I just simply bring myself to the mantra um, I align with God, I align with God. And I just see this bright white light running through me all the way up to the universe, running through me all the way down to the core of the earth. And it is like magic. It's so remarkable how the mind loop just dissolves. Mm -hmm. It dissolves, which then dissolves the anxiety and the tension in my body. Mm -hmm. As the thoughts dissolve, my physicality loosens up and all those emotional feelings dissolve. And then I've recalibrated and I'm realigned with God. It's like calling in some that's, superstar that's, that's energy that's to like totally lightning it. bolt that out. It that's really totally works. the same. That's that's exactly the same thing. Um, and you guys, I don't know if you guys have heard. You know who Doreen Virtue is? Mm -mm. It's like the angel cards. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you know that she had this huge like Christian. Um, 
like she came back to Jesus moment and now she's like denouncing everything that she used to do and like all the new age. And I was reading her list where she goes through every single new age practice and then like says her new like Christian viewpoint on it. So things like meditation, things like psychics, things like crystals. And she's just like, she doesn't like any of those things really? anymore. It's really interesting. I was reading it yesterday. Do you think she's possessed? Well, she says everyone else is possessed uh-huh, because she's the like, first sign. for example, for like a, a psychic, she'll be like, don't go to a psychic because demons um, present as angels. And so they'll uh. give you half truths. They'll give you some truth and they'll stroke your ego, but then they'll lead you astray through psychics. And what's interesting is like, although a lot of the stuff she talks about on her list, like I'm still into, like I'm still like believe in the power of crystals or whatever like that. um, I think she actually makes some really good points around the spiritual community and how they're not careful with what spiritual entities they're like communicating with, you know, like you have to be very, very commanding of your space and very aligned with God. That's what Doreen Virtue keeps saying is like, you have to align with God, not with like random guides or ascended masters. Those could be demons like pretending to be ascended masters. The only thing that's safe to do is to align with God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true, you know? And so just to remember that when you are connecting spiritually or when you're in the spiritual dimensions or astral projecting or anything like that, that you are wearing a shield that can, or like Amber said, that you're connecting to God and to the earth and that you're commanding your personal space as a vessel of that. Or else, you know, you, there's a lot of very high, um, highly intelligent dark entities that could come in. What is your prediction about people who aren't ready to upgrade their systems and consciousness Too bad. to the new software Too of bad. the new paradigm? Because I know a lot of people who are just kind of sleeping. They all think this is hocus pocus. I know baloney. you do know a lot of people who are sleeping. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> who are grasping onto the ways of the old paradigm because they're familiar. It may feed, they're attached to their ego, Good they're luck attached with that. to their lifestyle being a certain way. What does life look like for these people who aren't ready to upgrade their ways of being? Oh, come on, Amber. You already know the answer to that. Come on. Paint a picture. <laughs> paint a picture. It's going to be increasing crises in their lives that are going to be wake-up calls, which become louder and louder and more intense and more intense until they literally will get to a point where it's like you wake up or you die. You know, for example, they, they might have cancer. They might manifest very, they will increase it, manifest increasingly dire circumstances until they subconsciously kill themselves. Either they literally die or they upgrade. Or they go insane. They could be going insane. Is that my dog? Um, Cooper, is that you? Um, okay. Well, you don't want to be one of those people, but we do have a lot of people emailing us and texting us saying, what do I do when my partner's not on the same wavelength? He's not aware of this new wave of consciousness or interested in upgrading the elements of his life. What do I do when I'm with someone like that? And quite often we just say, just be the light and set the tone and they will be forced to meet you where you're at. Mm -hmm. And eventually they will start to kind of peel off their layers Mm -hmm. and at their own pace Mm -hmm. in their own way, hopefully meet you in that place. Totally. I mean, take it from me who I have a husband who is not into like consciously doing this work. He's so busy at his actual job that um, he just doesn't have time. And I've always just been living this path to the point where um, 
it, it, it completely affects him. And he's all, his spirit animal is also the tortoise. So he also <laughs> goes very slow. So, and I'm like the jackrabbit. I mean, that's not my spirit animal, but like I'm going super fast. So if me and him, like it's, it's, it's really beautiful how it works out because like over time, if you look at him now versus when we got married, it's like, he's so much more conscious in, in his heart now. And he didn't even notice that it was happening to him. Mm, that's another thing. Trust that someone's higher self. If you are one of those people who have a partner who you're concerned about them, not kind of being up to speed with you in these kind of practices, which are going to lead them to the new paradigm, just trust that their higher self called you in for a reason. Yes. And there is a part of them that called you in to help them move in the places that they can't naturally move themselves. Yes. And any relationships, I mean, 2019 is no joke. Okay. So like already it is everything. Been a bruiser. I know it feels like January 74th <laughs> already. Um, yeah. Why? What happened in January? Because it just seems like this January has been so long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, uh, where was I even going with that? It's like, okay, so it's like your partner, if it's meant to be, they're going to upgrade alongside you. Or it's going to, you're going to break up in 2019 because nothing is happening in 2019 that is everything that's not meant to be is falling away. And everything that is meant to be is happening now. Yeah. So trust the process, so trust lean the process. into it. It's okay. There is like a higher force co-creating with your higher force. So let's offer an invitation for our listeners. Jenna, this is your expertise, your genius zone. Um, I just had an invitation, which you can jump on. Great. Take it away. Next time you feel a physical symptom, instead of ascribing it to like thinking, oh, what's wrong with me? Did I get a virus? Da, 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 da. Think, could this be the symptom of my upgrading? Could this be a blockage that's coming to the surface? Honor the symptoms that come up for you and allow, like move into the discomfort so that you can actually release these things which have been living inside you. Beautiful. Take that on, go forth and get back to us with how it all went. We love you guys. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for joining this conversation. We're seriously grateful to be on this journey together with you. If you loved this episode, please share on Facebook, Instagram, or iTunes. And do not forget, subscribe on iTunes to stay in the know with each new weekly episode. And remember, only together can we save the mother-loving future.